0: What's up disc golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf and you might have noticed that this podcast has not been up for about a month. Well, let me tell you all about that. It was because the birth of my first child. And guess what? She was born about a month ago and guess what? Newborns don't have a predictable schedule. Newborns are kind of needy. And let's be honest, I just love hanging out with her. She is so damn cute. And she's the best thing that has ever happened. Second best thing would be my wife now. She used to be number one, but you know, kids, kids are awesome. Kids are fantastic. Right now working on very little sleep, and it is so much fun to be a dad for the very first time. I highly recommend you all try it out at least some point in your life. If anything on this show doesn't totally make sense, that is because I'm running on a whole lot of adrenaline and even more caffeine. Because sleep is for the weak and desperate. And God, I am both. I'd love to have both. But that's not why you're here. You're not here to listen to me blabber on about all that kind of stuff. You're here to listen to me talk about disc golf. And boy, oh boy, did I pick a great week to come back because there is so much to talk about, including the disc golf network technical issues that happened during USDGC. You may or may not have heard about it. It was all over social media and everywhere else that you could find. We also talk about the Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf inaugural title here, as well as Paige Pierce's no good, awful, terrible, horrible round at Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship. And let's not forget the latest breaking news that just happened came out yesterday during the Disc Golf Network DGPT. Press conference with Eagle McMahon dislocating his shoulder and having to drop out of the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. But first, a word from our sponsor. What rolls downstairs? A loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's log, log, log. Everyone wants a log. You're gonna love it, log. Log from Blemo. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood, it's better than bad, it's good everybody needs a log. And now let's actually hear from our real sponsor. For those of you listening on the audio podcast, you will now hear an ad that is 30 seconds long. Convenient. Go ahead, press that skip button if you want, or listen about our beautiful sponsor. For those of you watching on YouTube, guess what? There are no sponsors here. That's just how things roll. But we do have a shout out for the brand new, awesome Patreon page that you can go ahead and join. For as little as $3 a month, you can get this podcast totally free and check out all the different levels there, including a bonus weekly podcast where I get to talk about anything, everything, disc golf related, not disc golf related. Who knows? Who cares? It's all about whatever I feel like talking about and just chatting with you guys, doing AMAs, doing all that fun stuff. Go ahead and check it out at patreoncom Joe's Disc Golf. You can also hit up Linktree slash Joe's Disc Golf and find all of the beautiful links to Patreon and the brand new redesigned Joe's Disc Golf. Guess what? I did have some time for the website. Joe'sDiscGolf.com has got a fresh, slick coat of paint all over it, working on getting more and more articles up there. Little slow going, was able to uh, finish the website in a record time here for me. It was about three weeks working on it for about 20 minutes to a half hour at a time. And let me tell you what, that was that was a challenge all on its own because I'm not as familiar with working with WordPress and the, the few things I wanted to do just didn't... Um, I, I knew what it wanted in my head. I couldn't figure out how to get that onto the screen. And then I couldn't figure out how to make it stick on the screen. And I know there are probably people out there going, why... Why were you struggling with WordPress? Probably one of the easiest, best, user friendly services out there. Well, that's because I had no sleep again. It's kind of fun what happens when you're not working on any sleep here. And uh, yeah, that's how it goes. But, you know, things are fun. Getting back in the groove, trying to get things out here. One of the other updates I did want to talk about with the Joe's Disc Golf podcast is that, well, Probably not going to be able to go live as much anymore, or if all in the near future, because again, children, babies are needy, and I can't always get her to fall asleep for the hour or so that I need to be able to go live. So, what I'm going to end up doing is pre recording this. So, if you are watching it on YouTube, you can continue to watch it on YouTube, and I appreciate that. Uh, There will be clips on YouTube because this won't be live anymore. I'll be able to break this down a little more. Uh, a little better, a little easier for me, a little more uh able to do things like that. But for those of you listening on the podcast version on anchor.fm or Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, a whole ton of them. You can find them all linked at anchor.com slash sorry, sorry, anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf. You can listen there or you can listen on whatever podcast site you want. They're all linked on the Anchor.fm website. They're also at joesdiscgolf.com. Look at the podcast tab and that will list all of them there. You can also just go ahead and grab that RSS feed right away and not even have to deal with anything and just go ahead and download them automatically. Trying to get those up as good quality as possible and trying to get everything all squared away. But again children, love them, love her to death, uh, would do anything for her, makes things difficult to do here. So um, if you've noticed that, uh, n- again, not as frequent of updating, I'm doing my best here. We're all trying to get in a schedule here. Finally, think I'm getting in a rhythm, getting ready to go ahead and do this and might as well segue into from some personal technical difficulties into some technical difficulties with the Disc Golf Network, they issued a statement just a couple days ago, depending on when you're listening to this, on the 10th of October. As I mentioned in the preview here, you might have heard that the Disc Golf Network had some technical issues that started for me personally at the end of hole 18. Some people missed from the end of hole 17, somewhere in there the last uh 16, 17, 18 hole right there. Somewhere in there, people lost service there. And that was due to a couple different things there. Unfortunately, and spoilers ahead, go ahead, skip ahead about 30 seconds here. Uh, Paul Macbeth won in a one-hole playoff over Kyle Klein. I didn't get to see that. What I saw was the post-round interview with Paul Macbeth saying, Oh, how does it feel to win? You won. Good job. And I'm going, great. Spoilers. I, I didn't get to see it. I know it was one hole from what I understand, uh, what I saw, because I was able to watch it later. Uh, Kyle Klein threw a bad shot, and Paul McBeth pretty much laid up and won. I mean, Kyle Klein, he's what, 20, 19, something like that? Young guy. He you got a long career ahead of him. And it is. it was definitely the uh, old guard versus the new guard kind of reminiscent of the 2014 playoff that Paul Macbeth lost to Will Shustrick on hole one at USDGC. So kind of coming full circle there here. And in seven years, I fully expect Kyle Klein to take on insert name of young up and coming MPO star. But Getting back to the technical issues here, that was just kind of a quick summary of the Disc Golf uh, of the USDGC right there. Um, According to the Disc Golf Network, two factors were in play. One, widespread internet outages near the Disc Golf Network studio headquarters in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It took me a little while to find that information. Everything wanted to take me to their actual headquarters, the DGPT headquarters, which is in Vermont, Jeffersonville, I believe. So when I was looking it up and I couldn't find uh, there's one person complaining about slow internet in Jeffersonville, Vermont. I'm guessing it's not that big of a town. I mean, Vermont's kind of a small state and not hugely densely populated. Sorry Vermont, I'm just stating facts. I mean, you're clearly more densely populated than North Dakota. Sorry North Dakota, you're more densely populated than Alaska. Cuz I don't think I have any people listening from Alaska if if I do. Shout out. Come on, man. Let me know. Let me know where you're from, where you're listening from. But uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything. And then listening to a separate podcast, I believe it was the Upshot, where they were talking with the USDGC tournament director. And uh, I've got a video coming out on that. Let me tell you, it is a spicy take, especially in light of the incident that has happened here. Uh, Found out that they said that the disc golf network headquarters studio headquarters was in milwaukee and of course uh, i was able to find through downdetector.com a couple hundred people complaining on the 10th about losing internet service i know milwaukee's a big town originally from the chicago area like milwaukee's slowly becoming a northern suburb with the way urban sprawl is happening so i get that you know, depending, they're probably in the middle of that area, whoever caused that issue. So um, don't know exactly what happened there. I don't know what was going on. The other thing that they said, and I'm just going to read this directly, our vendor, Vimeo, provides the content delivery network that formats and delivers our video for streaming across all apps and platforms. They're reporting that the issue at the end of the round stemmed from an automated system response Meant to protect the broadcast from an attack triggered by a spike in viewership, subsequently stopping the stream for some viewers. Well, isn't that just special? Um, that was pretty, pretty terrible. And I, I don't know. I mean, you can't predict that Paul McBeth and Kyle Klein would go down to a playoff, but you have to anticipate that in a big tournament like this. I mean worlds had a crazy finish to it at the end usdgc crazy finish to it at the end uh throw Pri- throw pink women's championship had a decently crazy finish to it uh pretty exciting and i would not be surprised if the disc golf pro tour championship tour championship uh that also had uh, a spike in viewership uh at the end of the stream towards whole you know 15 16 17 18 depending on who's in it and how things are going, and all that fun jazz. You can't predict that. But what I'm wondering is, you saw how many, because this is a pay-per-view event. It's not like, okay, Disc Golf Network has 10,000 subscribers. I don't know, I'm pulling a number out of my butt. So we know that, you know, max 10,000 people are going to be watching the stream. You just don't know that. I doubt that every single person will be watching it live. They'll probably tune in at some point, but who knows? But you had exact numbers of how many people bought each tier, the twenty five dollar and the hundred dollar, the spectator pass and the gold pass or so. I forget what they broke it down to. Either way, you had the numbers there. So you should have assumed, in my opinion, and I know I'm just I'm kind of going out on a tangent, but (laughs) kind of going from where I uh, my background and what I do, I'm trying to look ahead at future problems. I'm trying to predict which one of my athletes is going to get hurt. I'm trying to be prepared. Uh, Former Boy Scout here, Eagle Scout. Hey, shout out to all the Eagle Scouts from back in the day. Trying to predict what's going to happen. So the assumption should have been we sold. I know they had, what, 500 of the gold pass levels, the $100 and then infinite of the $25 or $20 if you're a Disc Golf Network subscriber, whatever so assume you got 500 there and then you got a couple thousand more on this other one and then things are getting exciting you're still selling it all the time so just assume that you're going to have whatever the day before is just go assume uh it started what thursday so wednesday assume all these people plus another 20 percent are going to tune in at the same time just assume that and then call up your Vimeo rep, because you're a decent sized group there. I'm sure you can get a hold of someone at Vimeo. Maybe it's a couple days before. However, I don't know exactly on the timing, but just go, hey, we're going to be running this pretty big stream here. Um, we will probably see a spike in viewership at some time. Is that going to affect us at any point? Is that going to mess anything up? I mean, hindsight is twenty-twenty. But if I'm running something like this and I know my name is all over it, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to turn over every stone, look in every nook and cranny. Sorry, I hit the microphone with my, my wedding ring. And I'm going to just try to figure out problems that might not exist. I don't know. Maybe no one thought of this before. And that could be very well true. I don't know. But they bragged about having 40 people on staff between 32 live at the venue and eight people back at the studio mixing everything, and nobody has done this before, nobody's had issues like this, and nobody's thought of these things before. It's just, the hard part is just the extra pay-per-view. Now, I know there have been issues with Disc Golf Network broadcast in this past year, but it's all done through cell phones, sort of, cell towers and all that stuff, and I get that there's this issue You know, you'll have some delays, you'll have some things cutting out. I totally get that. And I understand that. And that is part of the subscription, which is at a reduced price as a PDGA member. I understand that. I get that. But when I'm paying for a pay per view event, I don't like these issues. Nobody does. I know a ton of people complaining on the stream, on social media saying, I want my money back. I missed out on everything. Spoilers happen, all this stuff. And it is super frustrating. I doubt those people are going to get their money back. I really don't think that's going to happen. One thing I was worried about when all this went down, when they talked about it, when Disc Golf Network announced that they were going to be the broadcast partner for USDGC, my thought was, oh, dear God, if something happens, Disc Golf Network is getting blamed no matter what, even though it's Innova that basically ran most of the stuff. They're the ones who required, and you talk to, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name who runs USDGC, but he says, Oh, no, we didn't require it. It just came up in conversation, and this is how things are going. My assumption was that was, you know, DGN, you're going to pay us this amount of money, or, you know, you can make a pay per view and just give us all the profits from that. That's kind of how I thought it would go. And unfortunately, I was right. I don't remember if I said this on a podcast or not, because I think this was announced long before I was, you know, my hiatus, my month long hiatus. So I think I was right. I, you know, could be wrong, could be right, could be who knows. So it was unfortunate that this happened. Um, They say Disc Golf Network is gathering data that allows them to identify accounts that saw issues during the final holes. And therefore, please email DGN at DGPT.com so we can understand and verify the issues of your viewing experience. They also said, bit braggy here, we have delivered over 30 live events this season without a single issue of this nature and without pay per view. True and true. Okay. All right. 30 events. Kind of. Sort of. I mean, yeah. Uh, this is the most frustrating part in my opinion is that they didn't have this issue even with worlds and all the craziness that happened there where it came down to james conrad and paul Macbeth and the holy shot and all that i mean you couldn't predict the holy shot before it happened but it came down to the wire there i tuned in at the end and saw that it was insane minor issues are part of the experience i totally get that but this is awful um Going through more of their statement here, as you know, covering this event required us to use the pay-per-view system. This is where I'm getting mixed messages between Innova and USDGC and Disc Golf Network, because they said they're required to use the pay-per-view system. They said, Innova, USDGC, God, I wish I could remember the guy's name. I'm so sorry, everybody but uh, said, oh, no, it just came up, and we, you know, we didn't require it. Uh, we invested those funds into the broadcast, but entirely understand why it feels extra frustrating to see stream issues with a pay-per-view broadcast. And I understand that pay-per-view events for, say, boxing or MMA or a whole bunch of other sports and things that do pay-per-view cost way more than what the base package is here just to see it. But what's super frustrating is like all the issues and feeling like, okay, well, I paid the subscription and now I pay on top of this. And now I'm having issues where, you know, obviously the post-produced stuff, never any issues because they it's all post-produced, cut, edited, everything's down, no issues. And then they upload it to YouTube or to wherever and that's just kind of how things go and i get that live broadcast is a different beast altogether but when things like this happen it is super super frustrating um i don't know again how there was no way to get a hold of vimeo to let them know like hey uh you know this is gonna be potentially a thing you know how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again They closed the letter by saying that they hope to hear from you and hope you come back to watch live disc golf. Now, I will highly encourage everyone who had issues to email dgn at dgpt.com. But please be respectful. Please just tell them what happened. There's no need to go on a rant about, you know, no using curse words or anything derogatory or anything crazy like that. There's no reason to go off on them like that, because most likely the person reading these emails is going to be some intern. It's going to be someone who has nothing to do with it, and it's going to be hard for them. Give them the information. I wrote a respectful letter saying that, you know, in, in a nutshell, you know, I lost service or I lost broadcast at the end of whole 18, didn't get it back until after it was over and had everything spoiled because of the post round interview. I was frustrated and I said that I'm going to be looking at my subscription to see if it's even worth it to keep it. Most likely what's going to happen is right after this Sunday, on this Sunday, the I will have to look at the date here this Sunday, the 6th, 17th, I will probably be canceling my Disc Golf Network subscription until maybe Las Vegas Challenge and started up then. I don't want to give them any more of my money. Than I have to at this point. Um, and I hope that everybody else tries to look into this and see what their thoughts are. I'm not telling you to do anything bad. I'm not telling you to cancel your subscription. If you feel that's what you want to do, do it. If not, if you think they offer great content over the winter, go for it. I, I just don't think there will be anything for me worth keeping my subscription. I had thought about it at the end of like thought about just letting it roll through november december january into february into las vegas challenge but yeah you know at this point maybe not i don't know let me know what you think let me know in the comments down below twitter instagram uh working on getting a forum going at joesdiscgolf.com that is taking a little more issue looking at also creating a subreddit but i need a thousand karma and right now i'm only at like 360, 370. So working on that to do that. But going from USDGC to the throw pink women's disc golf champion, Missy Gannon wins the inaugural title. Now, Missy Gannon played really good golf. She played really consistent golf for four straight days. She managed only 17 bogey strokes over the four days. Now, I didn't actually look up. I forgot to look up the Exact numbers for uh ob strokes, or for uh, I forgot to just look up those ob strokes. Um, and overall, she was fourth in fairway hits, fifth in birdie percentage, second in scramble, percent, scramble percentage, and sixth in circle 1x putting at 81%. That's pretty solid, right there. She had those 17 bogey strokes over four rounds. That's not Too shabby at all. That's four and a quarter strokes per round, which compared to someone like, oh, I don't know, Paige Pierce, who had 19 bogey strokes in round three. Let me repeat that 19 bogey strokes in round three. That was rough. Or you can compare that to Kona Panis's 18 total bogey strokes. So after round one, it really looked like it was Paige Pierce's tournament and everyone was just along for the ride. But Missy Gannon, she kept her head down, kept continuing to play her game, playing within herself, not trying to make any hero shots, not trying to do anything crazy, insane, trying to do anything that would end up, you know, big risk, big reward kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I could try to make the 400 foot water carry. Or I could lay up and then make the 300 foot water carry or something along those lines where, or, you know, I'm just going to plop this down in the middle of the fairway. Maybe, you know, it's not the most distance. Maybe it's not, you know, everything that I need, but I'll be able to stay in, stay in bounds and do well. And that was the name of the game here with the way the OB is here. The name of the game is stay in bounds and you're going to do well. And that's what Missy Gannon proved on the women's side. She stayed in bounds and ended up winning the Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship. TPWDGC? Yeah, yeah. She just did a good job. Uh, Paige Pierce left the door ajar after round two. I'm going to get a little more into this into the next segment where uh, she ended up only shooting even. I mean, she shot a fantastic round. Round one. That was 18 or seven down um getting too many numbers thrown around in my head here but then in round 3 she threw the door wide open and said everybody come on in missy gannon had this to say after the win i knew that i had to keep it in me and just so happy that i felt fi- i finally felt like i was putting together a consistent year i'm so confident in my disc golf and sponsors are am- in my discs and my sponsors are amazing It's just a combination of so many things that helped me get to this point and play the way I've been playing. It was definitely a ton of fun to watch her play. It was, um, again, like I said, and this is not a knock, it wasn't a spectacular round. It was a good round, a solid round of disc golf. What you expect from someone who's going to place in the top three at, at, at the very least, you know. Maybe you'll have a crazy shot like the holy shot with James Conrad. More often than not, you're going to have someone like Paul Macbeth or, you know, generally speaking, Paige Pierce or um, Lisa Fakus or someone like that who just plays good golf the entire time. And that's how they win. They don't have to do anything crazy and special. If they're doing stuff that's crazy and special, most likely they're in trouble. And that's when you see some really creative shots, but you're only seeing the highlights. You're only seeing the one shot that worked out beautifully, not the five others that just did not work out quite as well. And just talking about that, you know, you got the Paige Pierce, terrible, horrible, awful, no good round, as I like to call it, because, ooh, this was rough. It it was it was rough after day one. As I mentioned before, she shot a seven under, a 61. She had a five-stroke lead on uh, second place, Valerie Mandahano, Mandahano. Uh She rated that round, uh, PDGA rated that round at a 10.25. That is a solid, solid round right there. After day two, she still had the lead, but had given up a lot of ground. She shot a 68, which was even, which put a lot of people, not just Valerie, within spitting distance of Paige Pierce. Uh, that round was wa- rated a 971, which is much closer to her 988. Though there were cracks in the walls, she took a double bogey on holes 15 and 18, and just a bogey on hole 5 when she went OB. This is where you want to, you know, stay in bounds. The whole theme of the round, the the name of the game here for this tournament is to stay in bounds. Day three was the implosion. She shot an 86, a plus 18, an 8.45 rated round. Bogeys, double bogeys, triple bogeys, just everywhere. Her card on disk was just a whole bunch of orange and one little blue streak on hole six, her lone birdie. She started out with a triple bogey on hole one with two OB strokes. And so it just it just went down from there. and. As the day went on, after pretty much on day two, you can kind of see a little bit of frustration. You know, miss putt here, an errant throw there, you know, but nothing too bad. Like shooting even wasn't bad. I mean, she shot lights out. There's no way everybody was expecting Paige to shoot another seven down, back to back seven downs there. I mean, being three down, two down, totally, totally happening. Could happen. Being even, not really a big deal there. Uh, But you could see some of the frustration building. And then everything just went to hell in a handbasket after hole one. And she just you could just see it. She was trying. She was digging herself in a hole and then trying to do too many special things on top of that, trying to make hero shots and just not playing her game, trying to play. And like, yeah, that sucks. You just gave up three strokes, at least to everybody on the field there on hole one one was not a gimme birdie it was a most likely birdie if i'm remembering the stats correctly but it definitely wasn't a gimme you're giving up a lot of strokes especially at the top 10 but at the same time it's like well you know this you it it can happen you can get it you'll get it back you can just play your game and do well there are two more days of golf and it just it did not go well for her um by the end of day three she had no confidence she was very frustrated she was just not herself. And I feel like I've said that a couple times this year where she just did not look like herself, especially when, um, oh shoot, who came in from Europe? Not Evelina. I'm blanking on it. I'm um, gonna have to look that up here. Kristen Tatar, that's who it was. Kristen Tatar was the one who just wiped the floor with Paige Pierce And technically, at the time, I'm not sure right now, she was only third rated in Europe. Yeah, that's kind of rough. So I'm sure that Paige, while she would have liked to get some revenge on Kristen. Yeah, not going to not going to go well. That would have been really tough um, if that would have happened. But. It looked like it was going to be Paige's show because she was right there, right behind Kristen when she was in here. Kristen Tatar was supposed to be here, but got stuck in Serbia, I believe, uh, with some issues with quarantine. She was able to get here initially and for those four tournaments or so this summer. No problems. Did her two-week quarantine, came to the U.S., no big deal. Uh, apparently, big deal this time around, they said, Nope, you didn't quarantine, even though she did and she had proof that she did, and I, I don't know what to say. Um, that was rough to not see Kristen here because I would have loved to see how this tournament would have shaken out if she was here. But, you know, Paige just I don't know, she didn't look she didn't look like herself. I don't know what's going on. I hope that uh for the Pro Tour Championship she ends up getting it together. She's got a couple buys so she's not far off from doing well and making cash. Hopefully she can do well there. Otherwise, you know, life happens and I'm hoping that next year the 2022 season that Paige will be back in action. Moving on to our final topic here. This is the exciting one. This is the one that was breaking news as of yesterday. And that is that Eagle McMahon dislocated his shoulder while shooting a video with Jomez. Now, if you look, if you watch the interview on Disc Golf Network with him, because that happened right before, what he said was he was doing a freak out uh 360 drive putt type thing. So basically he was rotating counterclockwise and then trying to throw the disc out, putt the disc out. And He said when he did that, he felt his shoulder come out. It was sitting forward for like 20 seconds. Eventually, he was able to push it back in. And then he felt like he couldn't really move his shoulder. His fingers went a little tingly. He talked about that. It was not a good thing here, um, unfortunately. And I got to say that I did. Let's see if I could pull up the quote here. Uh, It wasn't one of the shots that was even filmed. I kind of threw this random fake out 360 where you spin counterclockwise and essentially put the disc forward. I did that on top of a 360 motion. I lunged my shoulder forward and I'm pretty sure I dislocated my shoulder for a good 20 seconds after my shoulder was just hanging there and I I had to push it back in. I felt faint and like I wanted to throw up. And guess what? As a sports medicine guy here myself, yeah, that is not uncommon. At all that is actually a fairly common thing like feeling faint wanting to throw up when you dislocate your shoulder it does happen it is very painful and a lot of things can go wrong when it goes out and comes back in Um, you could have issues with the muscles you could have issues with the cartilage so you have this piece of tissue in your shoulder that's called your labrum Uh, that helps hold your shoulder in place because the analogy that is used most often is your shoulder is like a golf ball on a tee. And that tee is really the only thing that makes contact to help hold your shoulder in. So this cartilage helps wraps up, suck it in. Helps do a better job of keeping your shoulder from not just dislocating anytime you wave your hand above your head. Um, he did say that he talked to and was checked out by Seth Muncie, a personal trainer. And this is where I have a little bit of issue with that. I've had many a rant on this and I will try to keep it together here, but he did a functional movement screen, which is not an evaluation, and he might want to be careful as to not overstep his bounds and do something that would get him in trouble legally, because if you try to do something that you're not qualified to do, you can get in big trouble. Trust me on that one. I've seen it firsthand. Good story about that, but I don't want to talk about that. That is uh, not involving me, fortunately, uh, but a former coworker. However, that doesn't mean he said that he was able to move his shoulder, but it really hurt. Um, here's the thing: so when you dislocate your shoulder, so there's two things that can happen. You have a dislocation where your shoulder goes out and it stays out, and you have to push it back in, essentially. And you have a subluxation, so it goes out and in real quick. In both of those circumstances, what happens is when your when your arm comes out, your shoulder comes out of its socket. It could bang against that other bone and get what's called a hill hillsax lesion, which can cause a whole bunch of problems later. And the only way you're going to check that out and find that is on an MRI, maybe an x-ray if it's that bad. But if it's that bad, he's not moving his arm at all. Um, you could have a labrum tear, which could cause a whole bunch of issues down the road um, or even like he could lose a whole bunch of distance by having a labrum tear in his shoulder there. Uh, He could also have damaged some of the rotator cuff muscles in there. I'm trying not to go too nerdy on you guys here because I understand this is not your cup of tea. This is my job. This is my world. This is what I really like besides disc golf. This is what I really like. Injuries and cool stuff like that. And I've put plenty of shoulders back in, you know, due to compromised circulation and then send them off to the doctor to make sure that nothing else has happened. One of the other things that you have to watch out for is having some tissue getting pinged in there. That is something that can happen. It's very unlikely that that happened, but it is an issue that can happen there. Uh, it's a good thing that Eagle is not trying to push through this pain. I implore you, I beg you, go see a physical therapist, go see an athletic trainer, go see an orthopedic doctor, physician's assistant, go, go home. I'm assuming you have to, you're on your parents' insurance or however you do your insurance. Go back home and get this thing checked out further. Because best case scenario, you subluxed it once, you dislocated it once, you're going to be fine. We can do a couple of weeks, a couple months of rehab and your shoulder will be good as new. Worst case scenario, you tore your labrum, it's a significant tear and you have to go get surgery and you can kiss majority of the 2022 disc golf season goodbye. That's just how that goes. So you're better off getting that thing checked out sooner than later. Where I live, we have multiple walk-in orthopedic clinics where they're basically urgent care for orthopedic injuries. Now, your insurance might tell you that you have to go to your primary care doctor before you can go see an ortho, but if you, it's a waste of time. It is generally a waste of time if you don't have to. Go to an orthopedic surgeon because there could be a lot going on there. And the only way that you're going to know for sure is if you uh, is having special tests done by someone who's qualified, an athletic trainer, a physical therapist, a physician's assistant that specializes in an ortho, an orthopedic surgeon. Those are the main ones that need to take a look at your shoulder to accurately tell you what's going on and hopefully, you know, get an MRI and see what's really going on in there. Now. MRIs can be misleading. It could look god-awful on the MRI, and when you get in there, when the surgeon gets in there, it's not that bad, and vice versa, where it looks like, oh, that's not too bad, and then they get in there, and it is pretty brutal. So my advice is, you know, I'm sure you'd love to stay out there, but the sooner you can get that ball rolling, the better off you're going to be, because you're going to need to do rehab at the very least. You need to get into physical therapy, and you need to go do that as soon as possible. That's that's kind of what I'm begging you to do at this point. Now, I think I think I did a good job of not going on a big old massive rant there, which I really could have done. That is something that I really, 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 really wanted to do, but I didn't. And uh, thank you all for listening. If you're watching on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe. If you are one of the lovely people on podcast. you can go ahead and make sure you're leaving a review there. Five stars, the correct amount of stars on this, and a positive review. If you leave a review, I will probably read it on the air here. Don't forget to check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash joesdiscgolf or linktree slash golf. And you'll be able to find the links to everywhere. So thank you all for watching, for listening. You've all been great. Don't forget to thank Treesus whenever you get a great tree kick. And if you get kicked deeper into the woods, reflect and repent because Treesus is trying to teach you something important. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And I can't wait to see you all in the next video.